Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandspring. They say a week can be a long time in politics, Simon. Another one has flown by. It certainly has. Um, and with, well, I'm sure we might mention snippets of it later, but with more U-turns than someone doing donuts in the HMRC car park at the end of the road. Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. It's not been an easy week, I have to say. As usual, the COP26 has continued on its way. There's been some good stuff and some kind of ordinary stuff, but um, yeah, they're not done yet. So, um, so yeah. But our focus this week is more local, is it not? It is indeed. So on Tuesday, the 9th of November, so this is a, this is a before the event, so spoilers, everybody. Um, on the 9th of November, the full council meeting for Portsmouth City Council will be taking place in the chamber. Um, whereas for the last couple of meetings, they've actually been taking place in the main auditorium in the Guildhall. Uh, due to COVID regulations to give people a chance to spread out. And in fact, in one of them, they were so spread out, they actually left the meeting. But we could probably touch on that as well later on. Um, so, yes, a, a return to the chamber um, to um, to basically go through, uh, go through the motions, as it were, with various puns intended. I think I scored highly there. Yeah, no, no, I think you've, uh, I think you've, I think you're setting the tone early. So, um, so yes, all, all, all 42 plus council officers back in the chamber. Um, and I know there was some discussion as to whether it was appropriate or not, but I guess it's a strange, it was strange times we live in, isn't it? It's the fact that, you know, again, I've, I've been in, I've been in packed music venues. I was at the theater last night, darling. And, Obviously, there were several hundred people sat side by side there, so it's kind of it, it would seem odd that the uh, council continues to effectively try and hold a meeting in the size of something the size of a football pitch. So the question, I guess, is is how how much time exposed to danger are they going to face? Because there's been some rip roaring epic council meetings that have gone deep into the night and uh you've 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 got the notice of motions there simon how optimistic are you that any of our hard-working councillors from all parties are going to be able to get a crafty one in the nags ed before last orders um well um i think i, I don't know i'm optimistic that this might turn out to, to be the second shortest full council meeting of the year um, and the first shortage being the one that didn't happen. Well, the the yeah, they kind of went, they started it, and I think they were there for a, about an hour or so before they suddenly realised that the then leader of the Conservative group had, had um, tested positive for COVID and had been in a physical meeting in, in an enclosed room with several of his colleagues um, a couple of days before. So decided, hang on, we best knock this on the head, guys, um, and went home. So, um, yes, so it's not going to be as short as that. But there are only eight motions, and three of them are the same thing. And concern motions, as it were. Indeed. So there are motions within motions. It's motion squared. Um, cubed. Indeed, cubed. What am I doing? Um, and, and another part of the agenda that usually um, 
that is actually set to um, to to actually run for a certain amount of time. Sorry, I forget whether it's forty five minutes or forty minutes at the end of the at the end of the notices of motion. Is the questions to members of the cabinet that um, that other councillors can actually ask of them, and there is unless there's a problem uploading them onto the council website, there's only one question. Oh, so I don't think I don't think that either Scott Peter Harris nor Cabinet member for traffic and transportation, Lynn Stagg, are going to take 40 minutes to ask and answer that question. Oh, this is looking better and better. So there's every possibility that councillors could maybe get a couple of pints in before closing time. I think you're obsessed with the pints, man. Well, I have to say, after sitting through the or even skimming through the bodies of previous council minutes i think i'd probably want to crack an ale at the end of those endeavors you know i think i guess they they might be more fortunatus than myself but um but um it's a long old slog usually isn't it 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 normally is and um part of the thing that we wanted to look at today was about the well, the question, the, the obvious question is: you can spend nine or eleven hours actually talking about these things, but are they things that will make a difference? And are they things that um, actually are having a demonstrated effect for the people of Portsmouth? Um, and this week's, this month's agenda is is quite inter- an interesting example of that. And we'll, I think, we'll tease that out as we as we um, as we talk about them. Well, let's have a swing on behalf of the good people of Portsmouth whether we can get through the whole notice of motions inside the hour. Let's try it. Um, so, yes, we, we've decided not to pick our favourites this time or to pick the ones that we think are most interesting. We're going to try and really test ourselves and go for the lot. So, okay, so the first motion um, is... Um, so, motion A is uh, basically uh, about the um, the southern water sewage issue, which um, which we've talked about on the show. Because we've yep. we've um, we've had people from um, you know um, stop the sewage South Sea and from um, Hailing Island Sewage Watch on we've had um, people on from Portsmouth University so we've had you know numerous guests actually talking about how I'm not going to say it how poo it is that there's so much poo in the water around um, so for those of us watching the live stream I've thrown the I've thrown the notice of motion up, actually up onto the screen and I'll, and I'll scroll through it. But I'm not going to read through it because um, why do you want to listen to me reading it when you're going to listen to Charlotte Gerarda actually um, speak to it on Tuesday? So in a nutshell, this motion, which is uh, proposed by um, Charlotte Gerarda and uh, seconded by Judy Smythe, is saying, look, so um, Southern Water have been illegally discharging raw sewage into, into rivers and they were fined by the Environment Agency, £90 million. Um, the council debated a motion about uh, about this awful practice in 2019. Southern Water have still managed to make actually, you know, millions and millions of pounds of profit in a, in a financial year. Um, but the motion calls on the full council to engage with the Environment Agency and explore additional enforcement action. Um, to take in order to resolving these issues, so so that's that's the Labour perspective. Yes. I think the, does the Conservative one come next? I think it's is that B. So uh, yes, so that's the so that's the Labour perspective. So that's the stop the sewage in in red, as it were, um, and the stop the sewage in blue. Um, 
is, as you say, it's proposed by Councillor Matt Atkins and seconded by John Smith. Um, again, the council, you know, making a statement that the council condemns that there's basically there's there's poo in the water. Yep. Um, and that um, we need to move away from the perception that environment ministers are not putting the emphasis on tackling these issues. Uh, and, and, you know, words to the effect of it's calling on the council to recognise the work being undertaken by the local MPs. And um, both of the local MPs have, have written to various ministers to say, look, this is rubbish, sort it out. Um, and highlights that the sewage system across the country needs uh, needs lots of investment. Um, and is calling on the council group leaders to write to the Prime Minister um, and various other parties, um, including the Secretary of State for DEFRA, um, um, to basically say, oi, stop this, we don't think this is a good idea, and let's have some timescales for when um, for when um, water companies are going to be required to end the discharging. So one is saying, hey, make them stop. The other one is saying, hey, let's have a timeline for when they're going to stop. Yep. Um, Ed, Ed Fenelmont, the yellow—is it? Are you yellow or are you orange? I'm not quite sure. It's more of a gold, to be fair. Gold. Um, <laughs> it's Australian green and gold, my friend. Don't you get it? So canary yellow. So if um, I if I scroll ahead through the rest of the yep, if I scroll ahead through the rest of the motions quickly to get to so so those were the first two in. So they're listed yep. in the order at which they're submitted. Um, so the last one that mentions this is actually um so some spoilers here as i'm scrolling past all of the other motions so try not try not to over 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 excite yourselves um viewers but basically the the lib dem motion is um you know if there were prizes for brevity um so this is brought by councillor darren sanders and seconded by uh councillor kimberly barrett um and uh, uh, um it's no favoritism but i'll read this one because it is literally three lines um council condemns the latest discharges into langston harbour including one of the one for 49 hours and reaffirms its belief that southern water must stop them um so wow, wow. that is neat that's so yeah Yep. So if we can synopsulate those three, discharging poo into the solent is bad. It needs to get sorted out. The council can't sort it. Let's shout at the government and tell them to get on with it. Um, yeah, of course, that comes in the background of the um, the environment bill um, vote that took place um, the week before no, last week um, yeah. in in which one of the things that was voted down by the government was a Lord's Amendment basically legally requiring um, water companies to stop discharging um, sewage into water courses um, but that was voted down by the government and the government um, or members of the government um, a few days later making or trying to um, trying to give a reason why they why they voted that down? Um, I, I think um, Penny Morden published on her she website did. on our social media saying that um, she didn't vote for it because it would mean that the consumer would end up paying the cost of all of that work. And and I, 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 I answered her social media post, and in a way that you might not expect. And what way was that? Southern Water. In the last two years, even having paid a £90 million fine, made £350 million in profit. 
profit. Yeah. So when, and forgive me, I've forgotten the gentleman's name from Haven't Sewage Watch, the great big bund tanks for overflow cost about 10 million each. So I, I don't get, oh, yeah, well, you know, oh, it's a complex program, Victorian infrastructure, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry, it just, you know, this podcast calls upon the government to just build the bloody tanks. And if you have to put a levy on Southern Water and all the other water companies on their profit and take the money from them and start building the bloody tanks with their profits, let's do that, shall we? Because it's just, I've got quite cross about this and it's not, I'm not we can tell. Ble bleeding heart liberal, but if somebody had taken a load of dustbins and emptied them across green space in Portsmouth, Portsmouth would lose its collective mind, and rightly so. Now, the fact that folk are pumping this stuff into the Solent and just going, yeah, well, what can you do? It rained. And, you know, if, if I was another business and I said, well, yeah, I'm making healthy profits, but actually dis dispose of my waste responsibly, well, that will half eat into the profits. So, um, I'm not going to tell you where, but I've got a load of geezers with vans that just fly tip all of my waste. You'd want me strung up. So I get all three agree. Not strongly worded enough. It's a disgrace. Indeed. And, and um, to be fair, these were the sorts of points that Mike Owens, Sarah Shreve um, yes, much, and, much and Alex Ford were making, were making when we had them on the show in the Stink Forecast um, episode yes. that we did um, three episodes ago. So, um, yeah. Well, they've I'd, sat with me, Simon. They've, yeah. they've, they've fermented with me. And I've got crosser and crosser as time's gone on. Well, I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear that our guests have brought you on to their side. Um, we have guests because we want to listen to them, and that's the yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's our um, that's our that's our reason for being, I guess. Um, so, um, um, Mark uh, Mark Lewis has, um, has has posted a um, yes, comrades. Let's not take this shite anymore. I don't no. know whether it's better or not in a Glaswegian accent, but again, like last week, I'm not going to attempt it. But but no. indeed, I, 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 to be honest with you, I'm I'm right with you. I'd even go further than this. I'd say, yep. quite simply, make it illegal for water waste companies to make a profit in a year where they discharge untreated sewage. Yep. Yeah. And and that yeah. and any year that they any profit that they would be about to be declaring has to be spent in the next financial year on works to stop there being any further sewage discharges. Watch them quickly build them. Yep, comrade, we're all agreed. All three get rolled into one, passed unanimously. Ring the bell. Yeah. So, so I guess the thing for me is, look, we all seem to agree. It's, forgive me, it's shit. Um, it needs sorting. The excuses from both the water companies and from the government are don't don't pass muster. Um, and there's no point. You know, if if the if some of these motions were as were as you know if the sewage was as diluted as some of the motions are from from forcible action then we wouldn't have this problem but I, i'm you know damn it ian we're agreeing with each other yep no right we've passed that one that's three out of the eight done boom we're yeah. flying so our, yeah so our only overriding question with that is was it really necessary for there to be three motions saying something that nobody is going to disagree with well let's hope they get to that point quickly rather than 
Mm. getting embroiled in all kind of can we subsist motion b into motion g if we take out the wording that appertains to the forefront of the disregardation of the so right we're doing this better than they are a b g done yeah and we should say that under the six month rule once the first motion has been so whichever motion is discussed and voted on first um, a motion under the same issue cannot be discussed and voted on by the council within six months. Yep. So, so the moment one of them gets passed, whether it gets amended or by subsuming any of the other language of the others, which will, you know, which will be a brief copy and paste thing for the Lib Dem one. Um, at the end of the day, every there isn't going to be anybody in that room standing up um, in favour of dumping poo into Langston Harbour. Next. Beautiful. What's C? <laughs> So C um, is about um, county lines. So this is a motion brought by um, friend of the pod, Terry Norton, and seconded by Ryan Brent. I'm just going to try and get that up on the screen. Um, And basically, this is saying there's a horrible and horrific situation where... um, you know, youngsters, we're kids, teenage, you know, young teenagers are um, are getting groomed and manipulated into taking part um, in criminal activity as part of drug gangs and basically running um, drug supplies from county to county. Hence the the county line things. Um, these criminal gangs. I might use different words, but we'll try to keep it keep it clean. Um, we'll pick on deliberately pick on vulnerable children um, because you know they're relatively easy i guess to manipulate and to get them to do things and once they're into that life of crime it's a literally a trap door into the sort of way that their life is gonna um you know that their life is gonna go and their you know their chances of resuming a um a, a more um a more productive um, way of life are, are diminished so it ruins their lives it ruins the lives of the people that care for them and it ruins the lives of the people that buy the you know end up end up buying the drugs so yep. um basically this motion is saying um that's an awful situation we want to make sure that that kids um are in and around portsmouth are as protected of this as they can be can we do more by getting schools involved in spotting these sorts of things um by you know writing to head head teachers and by training staff to get them to to spot these sorts of things um and to take action to try and um prevent children falling into this trap and being manipulated and used in this in this horrendous way Mm. and this is a i mean this is you know for all we approach these things with brevity and 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 you know this this is a if we look at the work of these 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 people they 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 peddle in misery and the exploitation of children and young people to assist them in that work um it is you know they know that ultimately that they are easily manipulatable if they're vulnerable we know you know the the evidence shows that you know, you, you've got that situation where, from a from a criminality standpoint, you know, if they get caught, then obviously, you know, if they're very young, they're not going to prison, so that they are potentially, you end up with a revolving door situation. Um, and for me, this was something quite novel. I hadn't, uh, you know, I haven't seen almost tackling this or, or tackling this from the standpoint of looking for the sign the you know the signposts of the grooming and the involvement at an early age so for me you know i think this i think putting more effort into 
you know, trying to, to reduce young people's involvement at source, for me, feels like it has merit because we know that Portsmouth is very much one of those cities targeted by county lines gangs as a, as a place to ply their trade. Um, yeah, I mean, again, um, much as that, I'm sure there will be in the ch- in the chamber. This, you know, this is again another no-brainer for me. It seems a bit, um, forgive me, it's an important and fundamental issue, but it it seems a bit obvious. Um, I, I'd be surprised that there isn't already, um, you know, that head teachers and teachers aren't already, you know, aware to watch out for these sorts of things in the same way that they are asked to watch out for other types of abuse. Um, uh, of children and indeed you know the you know radical signs of radicalization and stuff so again there isn't going to be a single person standing up in that chamber saying actually i'm in favor of teenagers no. being you know so the- well and i guess that's where if we look at it and this is where perhaps we're we may be coming from a position of little knowledge and it, that's where i guess we'll get more richness in the chamber is that if our education person stands up and says well thank you for this but here are all the details of the you know the the prevent style program that's already in place mm-hmm. um in portsmouth then you know again it, it, as you say it becomes almost a non-event but if the if, if this is something that triggers in increased action or a different kind of action then then maybe this one has some merit which we probably can't tell until yeah, because yeah, because we, you know, the subject matter experts will will be able to tell us what does actually happen in the classroom, um, and what measures are actually taken. I guess for me, the 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 kind of the side angle to look at it with this is that yes, it's absolutely right that these things are there, but will the teachers have, you know, will there be the money to support the training um, that's required and the other background. Um, mechanisms that need to be in place in order to okay it's great to identify there's an issue but is the help there to actually yes. help you know the, you know a particular child and can they get that help quickly rather than having to wait for it that's the that for me is the that's, is that's the, the follow-on piece yeah isn't it? is the, there's, you know there's got to be a there's got to be an infrastructure in there that can that can address and support so i think we're we're both agreeing that this one gets a yes Unless, of course, it's already being done and there's something in place, in which case it becomes almost not relevant. Yeah, I- indeed. Because at the end of the day, when the system lets kids down, the bad guys have a field day. So let's, yeah. let's help them out yeah. less of them. Thanks. Yeah. And, and again, for, for me, it's, it's one of these things when I, I it was interesting that I read um, about a couple of um, over the water in Gosport, um, where there was a couple Ooh. of these county line kind of no flats that were the you know that the the police had closed down and it it had taken them three or four months to do it um and and it basically i used to live not too far from where it happened and it was a case of you know the brazenness of these drug dealers are that you know they were literally across the road from the police station and that's not a you know i was I mean, you could throw a bread roll from the police station and land it in the flat that was being used by the county lines drug dealers to ply their trade. So, you know, it suggests that they are completely brazen in their approach. And um, yeah, yeah, more power to cracking down on them. Yeah, but it's it's frightening that they feel that bloody confident, to be honest, or that arrogant. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know shortages of police officers and you know backlogs in the courts and all those sorts of things don't help 
um, give um, give for want of a simplistic term give the wrongons the impression that they can act with impunity um, I'd rather they weren't feeling that they can act with impunity thanks um, but yeah I don't I don't see anyone disagreeing with this it will be interesting to hear actually what is currently happening to see whether there's um you know to see whether that's how you know how far that is away from actually you know what what the what the motion's actually calling for but from a point of view of we need to be protecting kids absolutely can't see anyone disagreeing right. with that at all so it's on to d yeah so um so in group d we've got leveling up funding so um so we've talked before at council meetings about how um the party that is the same party as the party of government quite often bring motions to council to say isn't it wonderful that the government have given us an opportunity to do this and isn't it brilliant that the government have decided on this policy um and that's fantastic and all hail to the chief kind of stuff and sometimes that's really really transparent flag waving um and sometimes it's you know it, it's not but usually it comes across a bit forceful this is a motion that is from the administration so it's proposed none other, by none other than the leader of the council um gerald vernon jackson and seconded by darren sanders um that is saying thanks to the government for the leveling up funding because you know there's a lot of talk in the media about leveling up for the north portsmouth is quite often referred to as a northern city that's been chucked on the south coast it's you know it's surrounded by very you know by much wealthier neighbors um with yep. with um which with much greater uh median um median income levels um and this is um this is this is the administration saying yes it, it um, isn't it good that the government are um have given given money thanking um, penny mordant to the portsmouth north conservative mp um for her work to secure the funding for a a linear park in the north of the city i'm still not quite sure what a linear park is other than does that just mean rather than like a square it's basically like a long kind of line of green sure. we're, we're gonna wait on tent hooks for that um investment in hillsy lido to bring that back into to full use um as well as um additional investment for the uh, for the commercial ferry port to um to encourage um to basically to create and use cruise terminal to encourage additional cruise visits to the city um and also there's some f some funding that joins in with other, fun other funding from elsewhere um money to, for money fields so that um pompey in the community um, have been successful in in their bid to fund the John Jenkins Stadium at, at Moneyfield. So again, you know, helping grassroots football um, by improving the facilities there. Um, so yeah, that's I, I must admit. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing to say, isn't it? Good these things are happening. Well, I think for me, it, it, I, I I see this from a number of angles. The first is that I, I'm fundamentally glad that the money's come this way. Because if I'm honest with you, and we might touch on it a little bit later, um, you didn't have to give money to Portsmouth North to return a Portsmouth North MP. So when I hear levelling up and, you know, I, I, I also find the phrase London and the South East rather egregious because we're not like London. So the fact that money has come to Portsmouth, I think, is fantastic. I think that the fact that the Lib Dem administration is prepared to 
give a nod and say, yep, much appreciated. I think for me, steps beyond tribal politics. Um, so I think that is extremely encourageable. Um, so at this point, I think the yellows and the blues will unite behind the motion. I guess the question will be, will Team Red also be prepared to, to give the nod or, or will there be the yeah, but it's simply not enough. It's just a drop in the ocean. Me. Um, I, I guess that will be for them. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is interesting to see that in context. I understand, although I don't know the details, but I understand that there was also a, a, a transport bid that wasn't successful. Um, so it would be it would be quite interesting to understand what that was about. Um, there's a terrible knocking noise. Is that you or me? If there's a knocking noise, it's a fireworks going off outside. Ah, of course it is. Fireworks, mm. yes. Yes, because, yeah. you know, we still think that um, in a time when we're, when we're really aware of, you know, security activity, it's really a good idea to allow people to buy explosives in Asda um, and in other places. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I, I do find it interesting that they're that yes there wasn't anything for the south of the city but then again we both live in the north of the city and obviously we're both quite biased in this respect but i quite often i quite often feel that the north of the city is actually um not so much abandoned but kind of feels like the the lesser cousin of the south because there's some bright sparkly things in the south that tend that feel like they get a lot of money um, and you know, lovely investment in in arts and culture things um, in the south, and it's lovely lovely to see them. But there are part, other parts of the city, and especially parts of the city that are off the island, um, that do definitely feel like um, poorer relatives. Yeah, and I guess if you look at the ferry port investment, that's really going to be taking people into the heart of historic Portsmouth and Gunworth and South Sea, and and so there there is a little bit that there's something in there for everyone. So I think yeah. universally. That's de-approved, because um, if we if we representing blue and yellow agree, then uh, then it's going through, isn't it? Well, just to clarify that they don't listen to us; they don't agree or disagree based on what we say. Um, I think that I think they might. We can save them time if they listen. If they listen to this on Monday and all get their heads around it, they they could be in for a very early finish Tuesday. They they could indeed. They could basically just say, "Look, we're just going to play the podcast, um, yeah, um, and that'll it, be it. That'll be done. That, um, that's us." So, you know, will it be that it takes them longer to agree how to vote than it does actually for them to vote on any of these things? But yeah, it's it. I, I, there was stuff reported in the FT, wasn't there, recently that um, that um, that Conservative MPs have, had been told that unless they basically tow the party line, that um, that you know their constituencies wouldn't be getting wouldn't be getting money. Um, oh, so we're going to touch on that at the end. I yeah. Think, okay. The, 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 yeah, us. Oh, let's, let's, let's leave that one twist, simmering if we want to if we want to go there. Knife, yeah. 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 So okay, so we we're feeling levelled. So let's scroll up. So E. Adult social care. So proposed by mm. Councillor Kirsty Meller and seconded by uh, Councillor George Fielding. So um, so this one from the from the Labour side. Um, it's quite a lengthy motion. This one. Um, if I just kind of scroll through, it's about two and a half pages. Um, but essentially what it says is um, there should be more money for adult social care. Um, adult social care is struggling. The council should secure more money for adult social care from the government and should ring fence it to only be spent on adult social care. Um, and um, 
It also, um, and in, in all of the notes that it talks about, basically, you know, we're getting an older population, um, people suffering from dementia, um, people, you know, disabled people um, being most um, aggrieved by um, and not having the support and or finding it harder to actually get the support that they actually need. Lots of stuff there from the ONS. So they've obviously done lots of research um, on this one. But they, but they call out that, um, that a, um, a, a recent survey and round table um held by um Stephen Morgan MP so the MP for Portsmouth South because there's like that one person that didn't realize um that um that the following concerns were kind of raised about um there's a lack of communication between health and social care services and I think there's often been a conversation isn't there about they shouldn't be two yep. separate systems there should be one joined up system um lengthy waiting lists for social care assessments Reductions in direct debit uh, payments and increased charges charges for social care support, um, and inadequate funding for care businesses with with rising insurance costs and lack of support from banks, um, but also causes calls out significant impact on staffing levels from low pay, Brexit, COVID, and recent vaccination legislation. Um, mm. So basically, care home providers mm. are facing um, a perfect storm of issues that are making it harder and more expensive for them to secure staff, retain staff, and to provide the care that they need. Yeah, a perfect synopsis of the problem, I think. And, mm -hmm. and you know, again, uh, it's obvious, having read it in detail, that an enormous amount of, you know, re research has gone into that. And, and, and it's, a, it's, a very, it, it's a very interesting framing of the problem. I think the challenge comes when you, you start thinking about solutions because, you know, as we discussed back in May, our friends in the administration increased council tax next year for, or this year it might have been, might have been pre, they increased council tax by the maximum that they could increase it um, without having to go to a citywide referendum. And of that 4.99%, correct me if I'm wrong, but 3% of that was ring-fenced for adult social care. Well, the so there were actually, the, the increase was kind of separated into two things. So there was mm. a, basically a part that was for adult social care um, and yep. the maximum a council can raise, the, basically the, the, the base part of... Um, council tax by is two percent without actually going to going to the public so yep. um so yeah so the so the so there was about um there was about two percent i think if memory serves for adult social care and two percent was the overall kind of base so yes yeah, so over in total that was a that was more than two percent but it's the it's the 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 kind of the major block of it which is the bit that um would or wouldn't um incur a referendum to go um to go above but nonetheless the, the voters of Portsmouth had their opportunity to say in the May local elections, was yep. that something they were for or something they were against? And indeed, the Conservative Party were offering um, offering to pay for to pay away that increase for this financial year by selling yep. off some land in Lee Park that was earmarked for social housing. Um, so it was interesting then if, you know, so what have the voters told the politicians in Portsmouth? Have they said actually... We believe in adult social care enough that actually, despite it being a tough year and lots of us might well actually be struggling, that, um, do you know what? We think this is something worth paying money for. Well, and, and, and the answer is that much stayed the same. So it, it, I would argue that it didn't turn the dial one way or the other. Um, 
and then I think you know when you take a look at the government approach, you know the 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 government has you know abandoned one of its manifesto promises not to increase taxes. You know, and with the with the one point two five percent raise in the national insurance contribution, um, you know, which again, uh, it's not being ring fenced for for adult social care initially. It's going to be poured into the never-ending black hole that is the NHS. Um, so you know, there is a there's a tax rise, and there's a council tax rise specifically towards adult social care. So. I kind of I'm I'm struggling with this one a little bit, and the other thing that I I'm I'm struggling with because it's been very clear in Portsmouth Labour's manifesto, you know they have pilloried the administration for not insisting that all of the third party providers pay the living wage rather than the minimum wage, and this is where I my my kind of head starts to explode a little bit. You know, you've recognised that the costs are spiralling for care providers, but one of your core, you know, one of your core policies is to increase that cost base um, by greater than ten percent. And and you know, if you look at most care providers, the vast majority of their expenditure is on wages. So it, it's a little bit you you want. You're worried it's costing more, but you're challenging the administration to make it cost more. And you're saying that there should be more done to bring revenue in for adult social care. And both council and government have done exactly that. So I'm really kind of not sure. This just feels like a bit of an Oliver motion for me. Yeah, please, sir, can we have some more? I guess um, he says as he neatly sidesteps your response. The I, I guess at the end of the day, the, the fundamental there's two fundamental things, right? Is that um, the last couple of years have taught us that we we really value um, the people that are financially valued quite lowly and quite poorly. Um, so they have quite poor remuneration um, in our society. So we value them and. Um, it's only fair that they actually are able to able to feed their own families while they're looking after members of ours. Um, but it, so, the, so there's, there's that kind of element. I think people are prepared. I think people are prepared to pay taxation if they can see that it's going on on things that are of value to them and are worthwhile. And I think COVID has taught us the definition of key worker and and the the shock of you know how many key workers that have been on the front line through the covid situation aren't you know aren't actually getting a, a, a decent wage but ever ever more of the of a council's expenditure is um is on things that they're mandated to spend money on so they're mm. legally required um so and a large part of the council's funds comes from central government so in that respect they're kind of beholden to on one hand, the government says you have to spend, you have to meet these requirements to deliver, you know, to, to look after these particular groups. And yep. those will vary from council to council, depending on the demographics of their particular um, borough. Um, but they don't have any choice in that they need to. And it's quite right that they, you know, that, that care is provided. But at the same time, they don't have any control over the amount of funding that comes from government. So it's right that there's a st the level of 
care and the standard of care is raised and it's right that that funding all the time that national government has as much control over um, tax and spend as it does and that those things aren't devolved um, to regions which is something that I would rather see happen um, that actually that money does come from central government because local councils will ever increasingly have a shrinking pot of which a larger percentage is bits that they have no choice but to spend money on mm. that are ever going to be dearer to provide because quite rightly the people providing the care needs to be paid a decent wage um, and there are more of us needing care. So yep. to pretend otherwise, I think, it is a short-sighted problem that, to be fair, over decades has, hasn't really crept up. It's that people have kind of put their fingers in their ears, closed their eyes and, and sung la-la-la-la and hoped it would go away, and it, ha and it hasn't. Um, but and yeah, so in some respects... If, if what the nuts and bolts of the Labour motion says is we should make sure adult social care is decent, we should make sure the people that are providing adult social care get decent wages, and because local councils can't afford to make sure that's the case, that money should come from central government. I don't know that I disagree with that. But it's a motherhood and apple pie thing, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's a motion, it, 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 it's... You know, it, it's similar to, you know, you could write a motion that says, you know, that the, the, we call upon this administration to ensure that nobody is homeless. We can call upon this administration to ensure that nobody is hungry. We can call upon this administration to ensure that, you know, all, all things are possible with infinite amounts of money. And I think that's that's where I struggle with this, is that, you know, when you when you look at the levers that can be pulled to address this, their local taxation, their national taxation, and unfortunately, pleasant as it sounds, it, it it's keeping the cost down on service provision. And so there is an element of, and as you point out, we we don't. Well, not only do we not want to do the third, but ultimately in the in the jobs market that we're in, we can't do the third. You know, the the wages within that sector are rising and rising sharply, and and many would argue that that is absolutely right. Um, so there is an element of, well, what what more do you want? And I guess the answer is, well, someone else can pay the bill, but I don't know who that someone else is because we'll all be, all of us that pay national insurance will be paying more from April of next year. Um, you know, specifically for adult social care. Um, yeah, we will. It's interesting that the first thing that you said there was that um, about getting homeless off the streets. But well, that's actually the one of the things that did happen during COVID. So having having it been a mantra for years that there wasn't the money to do this, that you know it wasn't possible. Um, it was suddenly possible, and actually, lots of um, lots of people have been you know um, housing you know. Um, yes. housing housing was provided and uh, we, we, we've we've touched on before when we've had um the cabinet member for for housing um and preventing homelessness um darren sanders on the show and he's, he's talked to us about how it's not just about bricks and mortar it's not just Correct. about giving them somewhere to stay it's about all the other sorts of complex and individual support needs that that um that homeless people will have but nonetheless the, you, the if there's a will you will find a way the the point is, is that you can find a way, and yes, these things are expensive. But a, I don't think people actually mind paying taxes where they see that they're going to things that yeah. actually are helping people. 
Um, but, but also, there is a large portion of collectible taxation that isn't collected. And there are things that the government could be doing to get the £50 billion a year or whatever it is, um, taxation from multinational digital companies or from, you know, from... Um, from People that have invested money, you know, they you know, they could put in some sort of um, land value tax, so that you know all these people that have got empty properties dotted around the country as as a basically just a blank land investment. You can't you can't hide um, um, you can't hide a flat in Cheswick offshore. It's there if you tax it, just because someone's using it as a means of an investment vehicle. If yep. you tax it, then there's revenue, and you, you you know companies can't hide that. It's a it's a physical asset. So there are there are things the government could be doing that don't need it to actually come after the little guy um, in order to in order to actually fund the social the sorts of social care that we should be able to be providing in in the fifth richest country in the world. Yeah, yeah, and that's where our paths divide, and we'll be indeed. You know, the, the, we're sixth now, I think. Um, but the sixth richest country in the world is, is for me, is an irre- it's an irrelevance. It, it, it is simply about, you know, ultimately, if you if you're going to pay for these things, you've got to tax somebody. Somebody else has to pay because if we look at it, the the proposal of the ill-fated Theresa May 2017 manifesto, which said, if you personally have personal wealth tied up in property you should use that to pay for your own care, was about the most toxic socialist arrangement we've ever put on a manifesto. And, and suddenly everybody who was, um, you know, was, was very keen on funding for didn't want to be losing the value tied up in their parents' house. And, and that one went down like a lead balloon. So I think, uh, you know, ultimately I think I can see the way that this one is going to go. Um, it, 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 I'm sure that the... The red and the yellow team will 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 solidify behind it and call upon the government to provide infinitely more money. And uh, the blue team, I guess, will probably abstain, and it will go through as a pass. I, I yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine they'd, they'd vote against it because you know that would just write a um, leaflet for the um, for the yellow and the blue team, uh, the yellow and the red teams. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, on one hand, though, I'm kind of. I'm kind of split on the most of these things actually call on the council or particular members of the council to write to member a member of government or to write a, write to a particular agency. Um, and you could say, well, what's the point in ever doing that? You keep seeing on social media um, either of the MPs or you know members of the council saying, oh, I've written a letter to this person or to that person to say we're Portsmouth and we say this is rubbish and it shouldn't be allowed to happen. Um, and on one hand, you can say, well, that's cheap, a bit of cheap social media coverage and does it really achieve anything? But on the other hand, do we really think that that actually the response from constituents that MPs received about the issue, you know, this this week, and I won't go into detail about, you know, Owen Patterson or about the sewage issue. Do we really think that that didn't get fed up the chain and actually yeah, cause yeah. a U-turn? The, you know, at the end of the day, maybe actually, I don't know, stone me, maybe this letter writing stuff does work. Possibly, possibly. As I say, for me, this one falls into the um, falls into the Oliver category of, please, sir, can I have some more? Um, so I'm not voting for it. Well, yeah, but you don't get a vote, so exactly <laughs> but we do in our mythical let's see whether we can do the council's job in an hour so that one goes through how are we doing uh, for time we're well we're, we're not too right, we're, we're doing right. all right we're doing all right okay so um 
so we're on to the uh, we're on to motion F. So uh, motion F um, from the Blues again. So proposed by um, Conservative Group leader Simon Bosher um, and seconded by uh, Benedict Swan um, is um, is the um, is the customary. Um, thanking basically the Royal British Legion for all of their fantastic work to um, to help um, veterans of the various wars. Um, May was apparently the centenary of the Royal British Legion. Mm. Um, so, um, and, and, you know, essentially th this motion calls on the council to thank the Royal British Legion for their, for their fantastic work um, and their contributions the organisation has made to the people of Portsmouth. Um, so, you know, again, have we not got record of that saying that before? Do we, you know, it's, what What are your thoughts of that? Well, this is one of those motions, isn't it, that falls into the category of photos of puppies are cute. Well, Yes. And videos of kittens are nice. Well, yes. But to what end? So, and look, the Royal British Legion do a fantastic job, have done for 100 years. You know, I think the, 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 the whole poppy appeal, you know, is something which keeps very much alive a remembrance of, of you know, of those that have lost their lives during war. And you know, I, I I think almost universally that 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 work is respected and admired. So, do we need a motion to say that out loud in council? I guess we. I guess it doesn't hurt to say it. But I guess that's where this. I, I guess it almost leads me back to the question of what is the point of this meeting and the notices of motion. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, some people might consider this, you know, um, the oldest example of, um, virtue signaling, um, in that political parties will struggle to make sure that they're demonstrating their remembrance, um, in the most, um, sincere and honest way. They want you to remember that they remember. Um, and I say that not to be um, not to be trite and not to treat it with with disrespect. I say that because actually I think that the, if we're going to respect the people that have laid down their lives and the people that are suffering because they've put their lives on the line um, for the country, can we not treat it as a political football? Can we can we make sure that we we do everything we can to not put them in harm's way and to send them into harm's way. Can we do everything we can to make sure they've got the right amount of training and the right amount of kit and it's the best possible kit and that when they come home, they can get all of the help that they need and that their families, while they're, while they're away um, fighting for their country, that their families live in decent housing. Can we, can we do that please? Um, rather than focusing on the politics of it, I'd rather see them have the help that they need um, because I don't think anybody in the council chamber is in danger of forgetting the Royal British Legion or indeed the sacrifice that veterans have made and that many, you know, thousands would have left this city not to return yep. and have come back, you know, very, very different people if they have. Um, I'd rather see them have the help that they need. 
than than the politics. Well, well, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I guess that, the, and that's the question as to, you know, the the are all the appropriate mechanisms, training, support, uh, you know, uh, housing, training, post military career, all of those questions, and even whether we send troops into harm's way, they are very political and highly charged questions that Portsmouth Council can't really address. And I guess that's where, and that's why I said it, it this for me is a, it is almost a, I guess, it, is there a validity in just putting up a, let's just take the time to say thanks to an organisation that we're all going to agree on? Because let's face it, no one in any way, shape or form is going to, you know, we've probably spent longer discussing this than needs to be discussed in council because, you know, thanking the Royal British Legion for their work over the last hundred years is just going to get an amen, isn't it? Well, it is, but um, what will happen is that different members of different groups will will feel the need that they have to add something to the um to the conversation in order to be able to show that they're able to demonstrate that they are thankful and they have remembered and they and they do honor the fallen so um i i just wonder what what and 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 in a in a obviously a, a different kind of tone to the you know to the to the first couple of motions about you know about the about the water situation if they're things that are universally evident you know, you can guarantee that there is there is no such thing as a as a as a thought that will go unsaid or a comment that will go unsaid by someone in the council chamber. Um, but some of these things are so universally agreed upon. It's almost why I almost don't know what the what the what what comes out of um, a motion that's brought by a political group instead of why can't we all basically agree this one thing together and did we need to do that as a motion because members of the political groups and of the council will of course be attending the uh, the many remembrance services across yep. across the city over the over the next week um so it, it's you know it's it's not like any of them are in danger of forgetting it i just no, I, I i just feel a bit dista- i feel there's a there's a bit of a distaste to the politicalization of it and i know you you're right about you know these these this you know terrible decisions and really difficult to reach decisions about um uh, about putting people in harm's way and um, those aren't made in portsmouth um but I don't, I don't think anyone in that chamber is is not respectful and no. not wanting to remember those that have put well, themselves and, in the fire and that's and that's where i think you know that, and that's why i say there's almost a little question as to what is the purpose of the meeting and putting motions through because you know, if we look at it, there is an element. If we skim down, you know, we've just run down the list. Sewage, putting sewage into the sea is bad. Agreed. You know, we we should try and stop children being groomed for county lines gangs. Agreed. We should be pleased that the government has given us X 20 odd million pound. Agreed. We should thank the Royal British Legion for doing what they've done agreed the kind of there's almost a little bit of the vast majority of this of these notices of motions are things that we kind of all violently agree on 
and but they're almost we all agree on them so much and so demonstrably that they almost go without saying if, if that makes sense so it's yeah and I, that's why i ask about the the function of the meeting mm. is it just simply a vehicle to put on on public record the the acknowledgement or the agreement or the recognition because you know there, there is an element of i th this one you know this one and i think the lib dem motion on the extra money from government there is no political capital to be gained from it unless somebody chooses to stand up and say the royal british legion are all a bunch of do you know what I mean? That's the only way it can it can give you political capital is is if somebody stands up and says, "Well, actually, I don't rate the Royal British Legion. I think they're all scurrilous villains robbing good, hard-working people of money for poppies." Which you think yeah. can't see that one happening. No, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, again, do, does it? You know, I think I think we've kind of. So we've we've done it in the hour, and we've left ourselves a, a full three minutes. Well, we've got to G, oh, haven't we? I thought G had been subsumed. No, um, H was the um, was the oh, was the sorry, Lib Dem version of the of the sewage. So we've got G. Oh, hit me with G. So um, okay, so G is um, uh, so again from the red team. So it's from uh, Councillor Judith Smythe and Charlotte Gerada. Um, so um, calling out that the council agreed in 2019 um, that there was a climate emergency, it declared a climate emergency, um, yeah. and basically it, it goes through kind of lots of detail about the things that were agreed. But fundamentally, it's saying we agreed in 2019 to declare it a climate emergency and to set the target that the city would be um, carbon um, to have net zero carbon emissions in Portsmouth by 2030. Um, and what the motion effectively says, how are you doing with that? Because one of the key things was to set basically a baseline of here's the point that we start measuring. This is where we're at now. Yep. Um, so that we can see whether we're on track or whether we're not on track, um, et cetera. Bearing in mind, you know, it's, um, it's 2021. So the clock's ticking, right? Um, and basically calls on the council to say, Okay, well, where's the baseline? Can you define the baseline by, um, I think it's, sorry, it's towards the end of the motion. So um, it's calling on the council to get out there and, and look for some funding. So the, the strange thing seems to be about, about local government is that there is funding available from central government, but you have to compete with other local governments in order to be able to see that you're more deserving of that funding than um, an, another local government entity, which um, seems particularly cruel you wouldn't you wouldn't have a school where you said well which one of you deserves the teaching more um and whichever of you clearly would benefit the most from actually the teaching i'm going to ignore the other one um so basically to um give report on on the efforts to get more money out of government and to find the baseline by april 2022 um and agree a framework um for measuring the carbon emissions um by february 2022 not um, yep. And to um, agree what key what the key indicators are um, after consultation with leading local authorities um, by February 2022, um, and apply the information for the detailed plan um, to get the 
the city to achieve net zero carbon emissions uh, across the city by 2030. So net just 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 to cover means that uh, although there will be carbon emissions, that they're offset by some other carbon reducing uh, mechanism right. somehow. Um, whether whether you know you can get into a lengthy conversation about whether those technologies are viable, etc. Um, but to be overseen by the Climate Action Board um, and the Cabinet to um, to complete that by July 2022 and report to full council by update. Now, I have to be really honest. Um, if it's about baseline, okay, you can argue that the last couple of years have been a bit wonky, so maybe probably not the best years to use. But from a baseline mm. perspective, the data must already be there, right? So you just ring up the ONS and say, what's the data? Let's pick 2018. Bang, done. There we go. I don't I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, Am I, I being really simplistic? Of- this one's a, well. This one's another funny one, isn't it? In the interest of time, mm. either the council are already doing this, yeah, similar to the county lines thing, in which it's a non-event, mm. and, and and if they're not yet, because let's be let's be reasonable, because we're here to be reasonable. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years, they've been a bit distracted doing stuff. There yeah. was this thing called COVID that went on that the council you know, rather shamefully focused all its resources on to get the people of Portsmouth through. So to now be a bit aghast that they haven't been focused on the climate emergency is, is a bit disingenuous. So for me, look, you know, we're in, in the interest of time. I'm backing this one. If um friend of the pod, Susie, unfurls a scroll that says, yep, got all of that in hand, chums. Here's all the dates. Here's what I've signed up to. Here's what we're doing. Bish, bash, bosh then almost it didn't need to happen. But at least that means it'll all be out there in public so we know all the dates that are in hand. Yeah, and that that would be the Cabinet Member for Preventing Climate Change, which is Kimberly Barrett. Oh, sorry, yeah. it's Kimberly Barrett. I've, yeah. I've, oh, That's okay. Um, Susie is education, um, young people yes, and families. No, no, so, no, um, so, yeah, yeah. fundamentally, I'd be very, very surprised if this isn't already in hand. Um, so it will either be a, ah, gotcha, or it'll be, uh, yeah, we, we, we're already doing this. Perfect. So, in the interest of time and the fact that we've done this in an hour and two minutes, so the, the council for free, you're welcome. Play the pod. Just go with our recommendations. Everything will be fine. There's been no time to talk about hideous Tory U-turns and sleeves. Perhaps you can bring that up next week. I'm sure they've been listening to... The Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Dodge, the sleaze U-turn bullet, Morris. Um, and um, next week in Whose Streets, we uh, will be joined by Reclaim These Streets Portsmouth uh, and Portsmouth Students' Union, as well as others, um, to ask why it would be that um, streets, bars and nightclubs um, can be such unsafe places for women and why it's falling to them to make them safer. Um, and then in the following week, um, we'll be in the faceless mob, we'll be asking if internet anonymity is a freedom worth torrents of faceless online abuse um, that people receive, and if increasing security around MPs protects our democracy or diminishes it. And I've been Simon Sansbury. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter 
at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa, play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, the latest episode. Stop. See? It's easy.